You have reached the Geek Elite. Good luck. If you're ready, I'm ready. So let's all take that journey into mystery as we travel back to 2000 to talk about X-Men. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> God, week, what an era. <laughs> this week to talk talk about X-Men from the year 2000, uh, Ian and myself have invited Chris Franey of the Imagine If podcast with me as his co-host. Uh, hi, Chris. <laughs> hey, thank you guys for having me on here. And yes, I'm super hyped. Uh, like, gosh, 2000. Oh man, I feel like my jeans need to be like extra baggy at the foot area and all that. <laughs> I mean, obviously, when we were when Ian and myself talked about we were going to be doing all the movies that were non MCU Marvel movies, and I knew when once we got to the three X Men movies, I, there wouldn't be anybody other than uh, the new that was going to be coming on to talk about those movies. So. Uh, I hope I hope I know that you're not the biggest fan of the way they treated your boy Scott Summers, but I hope he can still uh, enjoy these movies with us. You know, and I mean, I don't want to get too far into it, but I think with time they've grown, they've grown on me. So you know, maybe I've grown, or maybe they've grown, or maybe my standards are lower. But yeah, por qué no los tres? <laughs> oh, no, for for three though, no. <laughs> that might take alcohol. <laughs> but as always, before we get into talking about the movie, we're gonna talk a little bit about some MCU news or updates that we got this week. We got to see two new TV promos, TV trailers for the series, the Loki series on Disney Plus. Uh, we're getting a little bit more insight into what this show is going to be about. It's it's the, both both trailers feature heavily Owen Wilson's character of Mobius and Mobius, which Chris and I and myself did a 101 of for Imagine If this past week. So if you're uh, you ha- you would like to catch up on what that character is about, go and listen to that podcast as well on our network. There's not a lot. So- I'll give you that. <laughs> His character shows up in a total of how many how many issues there, Chris? I think it was like eight. So yeah, you can get the whole omnibus in one full <laughs> sweep of the quarter box. <laughs> um, when I was watching these trailers, I didn't know it was Owen Wilson. <laughs> and the first time it just pans across his face real quick, I was like, would have been better if it was Owen Wilson. And then he opens his <laughs> mouth and I was like, ha! <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they, they were listening. They were listening right to you. Right. Marvel's that good. <laughs> no, I, <clears throat> for anybody who's lis- listened to the show long enough or any, anything that I've shown up in talking about Marvel, I kind of have just a direct line to them and I talk to them directly very, very often. So, um, you know, it's probably they just saw the future a little bit and said, no, Ian's going to have beef here and we don't want to hear about it. So we got to fix it. So Marvel, I appreciate you. They're they're often very (laughs) scared that he's going to throw hands that they are going to throw hands. So Mm -hmm. it's a thing that I do. 
but let's talk about this. The, these trailers. Um, we got to see Miss Minutes, I believe, is what is what the animated clock is called. We got to see M- Mobius and Mobius. We got to see uh, Imbatha or Gugu Imbatha. How do you say her name? Dang, I'm, I'm sorry. Uh, but we got to see her character. I don't know if they named her character or not. And Gugu Mbatha Rao, I believe is how you say her name. Uh, and and a lot more of that Loki is going to be an agent somewhat of this time variance authority. They are going to send him back through time to correct things that might have gone wrong. Kind of in a quantum leap type of way. <laughs> a forced <laughs> quantum leap. Um how how do you how do you all feel about um what you saw in these trailers? I've been regularly hesitant about the Loki show because I don't know what they're gonna do with it. But uh the trailers look fun. It's got involvement from Owen Wilson, which I mean to, if you don't like the guy, then you're probably not gonna be down, but I love Owen Wilson. So like let him let him do what he's gonna do. Be a space cop. Um, I'm, I'm still a little hesitant cause who knows how it's going to be, but with a track record so far of WandaVision and then Falcon and Winter Soldier, I'm more inclined to, uh, to be excited. Me too. Chris. Yeah. Like I, 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 I think the fun stuff about this for me, like it tickles my behind the scenes comic book knowledge. So it's like, I'm really hyped that there could be some, you know, like retrospectives on Mark Grunewald. So I'm, I'm excited about that. Uh, I too am. I'm a big Wilson fan. Like I love those guys. So I'm happy to see one is Pat Dugan and now the other is Mobius. And I'm like, Oh, this is so cool. Like now, you know, for some reason, if I ever have Thanksgiving with those guys, I can have my own like Marvel versus DC. Um, <laughs> Cause that's, that's what you do at that time of year. Um, <laughs> And like, like I'm glad that you mentioned the quantum leap effect because now I want a moment where like you know Loki's just like oh boy I want that you know um, I'm excited too because of the history like I love there was the moment I think we've talked about it in passing but like the DB Cooper moment so it's mm-hmm. like all right cool like I'm very curious to see what they're gonna take from real history or comic book history and turn it into entertainment. So I'm, I'm excited for this. Uh, as you mentioned earlier too, Ian, it's like, I don't know what they're going to do. So I kind of, yeah, like I'm, I'm, I'm shying away because that way when I do watch it, it's like, okay, I have no clue. I didn't do any research. You know, it's like, I'm just going to go into this show, you know, totally like unknown. And I'm hyped for that. See, my my hesitation here is that I've been I've really enjoyed the MCU Loki, right? Um <clears throat> I'm worried about him becoming like a time cop. Uh because I don't want them to do to him what they did to my boy Dick Grayson, Dick Grayson. when they made him a cop. So like <laughs> like as long as that doesn't happen, I think we'll be okay because no, Agent Grayson was was awful and not my favorite thing <laughs> in the whole world. Um, so, don't don't Agent Grayson Loki, please. <laughs> I mean, I feel like this is more of a Suicide Squad kind of thing where they're forcing him to to be an agent, and and it's going to be him constantly trying to escape. And I assume that's what the, in that DB Cooper moment is him like. Well, if I jump out and I call for the Rainbow Bridge. 
that's me, you know, getting away from the time variance authority, you know, but they'll, they'll be like, we, we control all of time. We can find you anywhere. It's not hard. (laughs) Um, Like you can't run away from those guys. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but I love that you pointed out er, before we started recording the, the retroactive cannon, I believe is what it's called. Something like that. Yes. Yeah, the retroactive cannon, aka retcan. <laughs> I mean, it, it's it's a common comic book thing to retcon something, right? So now we're going to be doing it in TV form. Apparently, you think this is going? They're going to start retconning certain events in the MCU that we've seen so far, like stuff that don't that doesn't make sense anymore. Like, uh, oh, so the big one from Iron Man two to was it uh, Spider-Man Homecoming? Like, we know that that little boy is supposed to be Peter Parker in Iron Man 2. The years don't quite add up right. It, like, that's the thing that people always talk about. It breaks the, the MCU timeline. So, will, they, will, will uh, Owen Wilson's character send Loki back in time to be like, well, you have to fix this. It's, the timeline's broken at this spot. You have to age up the kid. <laughs> yeah. Age up the kid. <laughs> I, I'd i be down for that. Just like small things like that. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, if they wanted to go through and be like, so remember that whole time that you were fighting those dark elves out in space? Yeah, we don't need to worry about that anymore. <laughs> we're just going to go ahead and retcon all of that. All that, that movie sucked. Out. <laughs> <laughs> Thor 2... Uh, Iron Man three, and uh, <laughs> uh, parts n- of Thor one just like go through and just nope, just didn't happen. <laughs> just didn't happen. <laughs> one of the the little Easter eggs I saw in the trailer, and I don't know if it's an Easter egg because it's quite blatant right in front of your face, is uh, Roxocart, which is very new uh, because we know of Roxon. The oil company in the in the Marvel universe and the MCU. I believe we see Roxxon uh, signs in the first Iron Man movie, if I remember correctly. But uh, Roxocart, I've seen theories that people are saying that, that is the oil company's like uh, subsidiary Walmart or Target, like their big box store. Uh, hmm. What do you What are you guys thinking? What are you all thinking? <clears throat> I I don't have an opinion on that. Um, Is it just me? Am, am I just weird to, to single that one no, particular scene out? No, because I mean it's cool if that's the case, because that's just bigger world building, like making a little bit more depth. I just didn't notice it. <laughs> no, I I think it's great. I'm excited for that because like like you pointed out, Roxon like that was a fun thing about when Marvel was really building its universe, probably like 70s and 80s. Like, they started playing with that idea of, like, hey, corporate business should be villains, you know? And it was like, hey, this is kind of fun, you know, especially with Iron Man being, you know, Mr. Corporate Hero and all those things. So, like, to see that in the movies transition over, that's fun because now it's like those backdrop scenes actually feel like comic book art, you know? So I I dig that. Um, I hope they play up on it one of these days, you know? Like, I hope finally, like, can we see who this Roxxon guy is? Can we see why this is something that catches our eye, you know? So, yeah, I'm down for that. I I think that's neat. 
Yeah, when I first saw that scene, I thought I thought that they were trying to say that in the future, Roxxon and some other company had merged together, and that's what their name was was Roxxon Cart. But going to look around on the online on the internet, it looks like people are theorizing that it's going to be uh, like a their big box store uh, subsidiary. I just I, I want to point out really quick. Um, I I I love. That Mitch just said on the online. That's right. On the online. <laughs> oh, yeah. I was looking around on the online. <laughs> Look, don't, don't, uh, we don't need to talk about my being old. Okay. <laughs> also, I was uh, on the internet the other day. I had 80 hours of AOL. <laughs> I had an onion on tied to my belt because disc. that was the fashion. <laughs> At the time, <laughs> that is for 2000. See, Mitch didn't just do research; he did a deep dive. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Exactly. Uh, Ma- Magic Bollocks just hopped in the chat as well and uh, clarified. Um, <clears throat> ben Kingsley's Mandarin will be showing up in Shang Chi for character reference, so that should be fun. Really? Also, I, I didn't heard that one. They also made the really fun pun of Roxanne. You don't gotta put on the red light. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so that's what we got going on there. Speaking of though, like what cameos would you like to see in Loki? Because if they're jumping back in time uh, to different events in the MCU, there's very much possibility of seeing other past MCU stars. Um. Ooh. I would think if they didn't give us a Robert Downey Jr. cameo in any way, shape, or form, that'd be kind of remiss. Fair. Depending on Um, where we go in time, a Steve Rogers cameo. They could go, uh, this could be fun to play with the idea of, obviously, time travel and different continuities and things. Like, maybe they could get uh, Terrence Howard or... um, Oh, God, what's the other one? Uh, Edward Norton, you know, like, oh, I got to go back to the help the Hulk. And, you know, it's like that way fans can be like, wait, what? It's like, oh, that's right. That was a thing. (laughs) I mean, it might not be even them, Loki meeting up with them. He can take on their form. He knows, you know, he knows that magic. So that's a that's a possibility as well. Yeah. And I think that got mentioned, too, like the fact that. Like they're like, oh Loki, you're part of this because you can transform. Or I don't know, maybe that was what you were you brought up last time. But I remember hearing something like that. I mean, it, it's a possibility. Uh, and I would love for Loki to be like, Shit, well, Hulk events have to happen, and I can't find I can't find Mark Ruffalo. So like, here we go. I gotta try my best. And misses and is Ed Norton. Yep, get Ed Norton. <laughs> Or you know really they fun. use the he uses magic and changes Edward Norton into Mark Ruffalo. <laughs> <laughs> They're on to me. They know what I look like. And Loki's like, hold up, I got it. <laughs> uh, I like that he was also like, you're not going to get me to do your work for you. And then all of a sudden he sees that dude. At least in the trailer, he sees that dude like get erased from existence, and he's like, okay. I guess I will join up. <laughs> and that guy was just like out of line. According to the dialogue, he's like, I'm not going to get back in line. And then he just erases him. Like it's, it was seemed very petty. Wait, magic box clarify there. Who's Brad Pitt? 
I mean, the Vanisher was Brad Pitt in the Deadpool movie, Deadpool 2. Oh, that's true. Um, I would also... Oh, I had it. What was it? Oh, yeah, let's get really zany with, uh, with the cameos. I know we've already gotten a cameo from this particular character twice, but if we're going through space and time, then I, I feel like we're owed a Howard the Duck. <laughs> I mean, and then get you get... Uh, who was it? Seth Green was the voice of Howard the Duck in the first Guardians of the Galaxy movie? <laughs> No, go even deeper. Get the uh, get the the Howard the Duck puppet suit from the original Howard the oh, Duck. No. Oh no, God! We already talked about that movie. <laughs> never, <laughs> never to be resurrected. No, you can no. keep your duck boobs to yourself. Oh please, yes please. Oh God, I forgot about that. <laughs> <laughs> Magic bollocks clarified here. He said for <clears throat> for for Edward Norton instead of instead of hulking out. He brads out. Ah, so there's that's even a late more layered joke there with the yep. the whole Fight Club reference. Good on that you. That would be that'd be really fun. <laughs> well played. That took me a second. <laughs> oh man! You know there was one more uh, trailer that came out, uh, and I, I didn't bring it up to the two of you beforehand. But uh, during, I believe it was the MTV Movie Awards this past Sunday, they they released a clip from Black Widow. It's a car chase clip where uh, Black Widow, uh, Scarlett Johansson's character, and the character played by, who's supposed to be her younger sister, I forget what her name is at the moment, um, they are in a car chase. Uh, They're being chased by a person on a motorcycle, I believe. Um, I don't know if either two of you got to watch it, but it... Definitely makes me more excited about this movie. So, uh, hopefully, we get to see it in July. <laughs> oh my God, Mitch! I need to be able to see this in July. For me for too. anybody who for anybody who's new here, we started this podcast with the concept of like, oh, haha, let's see how many we can get through before the next MCU movie comes out. That was a year ago. <laughs> it was over a year ago. We got through all <laughs> of the MCU <laughs> and then some. <laughs> Uh, so if if we're gonna if we're gonna go past this again, we're not getting to the two year mark. No. If we if Black Widow doesn't come out this year, don't release it. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's a pretty good bet. You see Loki pop in and blip it out. There you go. <laughs> that you'll get to see it this year. I mean, even if it doesn't go to the movie theaters, they already said they're gonna release it you know for 20 bucks or 30 bucks on disney plus so you can pay the extra money and watch it there do you know since you were in a a city that has um a alamo draft house do you know are they open back up uh i haven't looked but i can check i mean you don't have to i was just wondering oh i'm already checking i got to see a movie (laughs) there once i got to see the spider-man far from home there and i was like this is the greatest movie experience that i the movie theater experience that i've ever had so i am a real big fan of the alamo draft house i wish they would open one in yuma so what you're telling me is that if it is open and and black widow does come out on time that you're going to come up here and we're going to go to Al- Alamo Draft House and have a great time. I mean, I wouldn't be against it. <laughs> I will tell you that I would not be against it. Um, all right. From the from the looks of their website, it looks like they're open. Ooh. So July 8th, I believe, is still the date that it's coming out. 
I'm so. down. I'm here for it. All right. There you go. It might be a <laughs> tell, date. Tell everybody involved that <laughs> the, the back off, we got a date. <laughs> All right. Let's get into talking about X-Men 2000. X-Men from the year 2000. Uh, just if you can remember, what were your thoughts going into the movie theater when you know this movie came out? So wow. when this when this movie came out, I was seven years old. I hate you so much. <laughs> it's like a pitted hatred right in my gut too. I know, I know, but I had That's to. That's the ulcer, old it. man. <laughs> Check out the symptoms on the online. You might be able to help yourself <laughs> on the onlines. <laughs> I had to drink my Alka Seltzer water right now just to. <laughs> Help. <laughs> but got I my was, heartburns going, buddy. <laughs> uh, I was seven years old, and it came out like right around my birthday. So we went to see it for my birthday, and I remember being so excited because seven-year-old me has really no concept of who the X-Men are outside of a couple characters and what they do generally, right? And I'm just like, hell yeah, let's go see Super, like, yeah, comic book movie, let's go. And I remember having a great time, me and my friends in the theater. And um, 10 out of 10 movie viewing experience down there at, uh, what was it? It was uh, back at the Mandarin Theater in Yuma when that was still open. I think think that's where I saw it at, too, at the Mandarin. Um, I drove myself. Uh, I paid for my own ticket because I was of age. <laughs> um, but I, my biggest memory, though, of this, um, it was my junior, no, yeah, my junior year of high school. And that's when the trailer was coming out. It took us four days using the school Wi-Fi. Or not, the Wi-Fi wasn't a word back yeah, then. Sorry, no, I, no, I revealed no, my no, time travel. Wi-Fi, yeah. Uh, the cat five. <laughs> uh, but anyways, it took us four days to download the trailer and you know what to watch like four days to watch what, like a five minute deal. Uh, but I was so blown away. I was just like, wow, this is so cool. Uh, if I can remember correctly from the trailer, I think one of the big moments was when Cyclops blasts like in the train station. And I was like, okay, cool. We're going to see his power. It's going to happen. This is great. Uh, I don't know if you remember this too, Mitch, like, I'm sure we were all riding high off of Wizard, the comics magazine, and like their dream casting, you know, like Arnold Schwarzenegger should play Colossus. But sure enough, they were like, but Patrick Stewart should play Charles Xavier. And it happened. And it was like, oh my God, this is cool. This is nuts. This is great, you know? Yeah, I remember, uh, I remember going into our LCS, our local comic book store, and the week that movie was coming out, I, I don't know if it was just a slow news week or what, but the local news was there and they wanted to interview quote unquote fans, comic book fans about the fact that this movie was coming out and uh, they interviewed me. And if you can believe it, I wasn't the greatest public speaker back then. So <laughs> I believe I, I don't believe it. <laughs> I believe I stuttered my way through the whole thing of trying to say, look, 
don't set your expectations too high. There is a lot. They can't fit a lot of uh, what we love about the X-Men into a two-hour movie. And unless your you know, favorite character is one of these five characters, your character is not going to show up in the movie. My favorite character is not in the movie. So uh, don't get too excited. I looked on the news later that night. It never showed up. <laughs> Some other guy's yeah. interview was up there, and I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> and thus, Movies like, with Mitch was born. That's right. I said, I will get my due. <laughs> they will ma- I will make them listen like, to my talking about movies. Oh, this guy's a Nightcrawler fan? Let's not air his segment. Wait. <laughs> There's more Blue Mutants? <laughs> Mitch... Taskmaster hasn't even been in a movie yet. So I like know, I know. It's crazy. It's so crazy. Uh it's getting closer though. It's getting closer when you get Taskmaster on the big screen. Uh but no, yes, going into this movie, I knew I knew that the team was a little off. Like it's not the 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 first class team that I would have thought they would have went with. And we're getting this actor who had never heard of before to play Wolverine. Like, Andy's too tall. I was like, this is weird. Who's this Hugh Jackman guy? Like, yeah, and then he goes on to be, like, the perfect Wolverine for years. Oh, I mean, he, he definitely <laughs> made us love him as Wolverine. It, it, <laughs> it, it's anybody that tries to follow him as Wolverine now in the MCU is it should just not like he, they have a heavy large shoes to fill or it's should i say much, like wife beater to fill because he's always wearing a wife beater in those movies as much as i don't want this to happen i think the best way to handle that would be to only put him in things that have deadpool so that deadpool could constantly You are. It would be trash. That's really the only way you could do it and have it work. I don't know if it's my internet or your internet, but I I caught every other syllable of that. Like, yep. Looks like things are things are bad. Things are bad. Did you hear? Think things are bad. Are, are we are we still live, chat? All right, can you guys hear me now? Though I can't. Are we good? I can hear are we you back? perfectly now. That's getting okay. a little bit better. Okay, so what I was saying <clears throat> was, anytime you have new Wolverine show up, as much as I hate it, you should only have him really appearing in things that Deadpool is also a part of. Okay. Just so Deadpool can constantly poke fun at the fact that he's not Hugh Jackman. <laughs> <laughs> because that is a joke that works on multiple levels. And it's kind of the point of the character, I would think. This is true. Like, this is true. So, Plus, Deadpool should, not- like, Deadpool should be like giving him, constantly giving this person a, a like uh, Wolver- uh, Hugh Jackman mask. Like, keep putting it on... <laughs> His face, be like you're. This is right. Well, you know, honestly, so an observation I've seen, like, I feel bad for the sophomore actor. 
You know, mm-hmm. it's like you think about it, Batman. So, like, I mean, yes, I know you could go further back, but it's like, you know, Val Kimmore, um, I think he was saying, like, they had a day on the set where, um, oh, my gosh, uh, I think it was Warren Buffett came on and his son was like, oh, it's Batman. And it was like, it didn't matter who was under the mask. So, and then people were still talking, uh, Michael Keaton. So he walked away from that. Um, Brandon Routh, you know, it was like, well, you're too much Christopher Reeve and we can't emulate that. Um, Andrew Garfield. So it's like, it feel, or even, and even if we look at, uh, we were just teasing him about with Hulk, but, uh, 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 Mark Ruffalo. I can't think of his name, but one more time. Mark Ruffalo. No, no, no. Before him. Edward Edward Fight Club. Yeah, so it's like there's another one where he played it the second time, and it's just, it really seems, because you're always going to be held to that romance of the first time you saw the character, you know, like, oh, well, this was the first person, this is who set the bar, whether it's good or not, and you know, I'm not trying to bring down uh, Hugh Jackman's work, he did an amazing job, but at the same time, I know, like, you and I, Mitch, we, you know, we remember when Wolverine was a short little dude, not, you know, tall, good-looking Hugh Jackman, you know? It's like, I think, what was the artwork where they had, like, Danny DeVito should play Wolverine, and this was before it became a (laughs) meme. This was, like, a serious thing. Uh, Robert De Niro was considered for Wolverine. Like, hey, we want this hairy, rough-looking dude. Um, What was it? Even, I think, Doug Ray Scott? Like, they were... I'm not sure if he's a tall dude or not, but... So, anyway, so it's... I feel bad for whoever has to play Wolverine next because... They are. It's just going to be like, you're not Hugh Jackman. You're not Hugh Jackman. So it's like, I hope they just like, like whoever the studio is, it's like, okay, realize that you're going to have to make a bomb of a film. So just quickly cast Wolverine. That way, who you wanted to be the next Wolverine can be Wolverine without having that sophomore curse that everybody's had so far. (laughs) Like, I'll take one for the team. Hell, cast me. I don't mind. I could use some of those Marvel abs. (laughs) (laughs) And you even if you if you want it to be fantastic with a new Wolverine, you put him in a movie directed by the same dude that did uh, Thor Ragnarok. I can never remember his name. Taika Waititi. Oh, uh, yes. yes. You put him in that, and then you get a great movie with some real funny bits. You can't lose. Yeah, it'd be great. It would be pretty great. Um, I'm I'm sure that at this point they might just recast uh, Daphne Keene and just go with the Laura Kinney X Men uh, Wolverine character. Like if they decide to go that way, that's a true point. So, uh, when you first watched this movie, did you think that Magneto's people were after Wolverine? or after Rogue? Because that's the big twist later on, is that they were actually after Rogue. Oh, I fell for it. I thought it was Wolverine, because he's main character, you know? So I was Uh like, oh, yeah, there you go. Like, I... Because, again, you know, being a younger comic book fan, I didn't think of Rogue's powers that way. I thought of her more as the one who's flying around with super strength and stuff like I didn't really think of her as like oh that's right she can steal your powers and mimic it I mean it had been there in the X-Men the animated series but you know I just I didn't I didn't look to her in that regard so yeah I I fell for the loop in that train you know and Magneto lifts him up and he's like oh this was never about you (laughs) you know it's like wow (laughs) all right fell for it 
voice. It's like one step away from Bane. Batman, this was never about you. Didn't Magneto you know, was the precursor yeah, for say, uh, Bane. Did you know Magneto and Bane are related? They're, uh, same character? Yeah. Same person. Uh, I'm going to break your back, Batman. <laughs> I think Put metal rods in there to control you. I think uh, I think you hit it on the head too, uh, Chris. With because comic book fans and people who weren't reading comic book, comic books but know the character of Rogue from the '90s animated series, which you know was still fresh in everybody's mind, know Rogue as having her uh captain marvel her ms marvel uh powers you know like yeah. flying around super strength being able to uh knock people knock people around but we have to remember that her character was originally introduced with just having the power absorbing absorbing power so uh mm-hmm. that was it it was it was it was a good twist now yeah the introduction, so the team that we get introduced to at the X-Mansion would be uh, Storm, Cyclops, Xavier? I, I mean, do we have, did we have, oh, Gene, that's right, we had Gene, but that's it. And I'd, that's I'd, it. I'd count Xavier on that because he plays a pretty big role in tracking people down in this one. We have, we have a Bobby <laughs> Iceman, but he's a student. He's a student at that point, yeah. We have a Kitty Pride, but she's also just a student and not and recast by name. later and recast twice, multiple times, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, now, I mean, maybe you could make the argument. I don't know. Spoiler, you know, in in X Men Three, we knew Beast had served some time prior to that, and when he was the the driver, but. At this point, we didn't know that, and you know, even as 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 you and I, when we did that watch recently, it was like, oh yeah, Beast was supposed to be on TV, but they cut that scene. So they did, they did, they cut that scene out. Uh, Let's see, but uh, oh no, go ahead, sorry. No, and then to make up the the Brotherhood of Mutants, or you know, as they were at one time known in the comic books, the Brotherhood of Evil Mutants, we had Sabretooth, Toad, Mystique, and Magneto. Like, is that a team that usually exists together, uh, Chris? So it's funny because, like, looking at that lineup, so uh, Magneto, Toad, like, they were the original Brotherhood of Evil, Evil Mutants. Um, Sabretooth and Magneto, there's not really much of them working together except, like, the video games, just because... It's like, hey, these are two primo villains. It justifies having Magneto, or sorry, Magneto justifies the X-Men. Sabretooth justifies Wolverine. Mm -hmm. Uh, And Mystique kind of led her own freedom fighters, a.k.a. her own brotherhood. Um, But to see that exact group, no, not really. I mean, I think maybe if you go back to that... uh, The X-Men pilot of that, the cartoon, uh, what was it, Kitty... Uh, Pride, X Men Pride, or something like that. The Pride the cartoon the that would have been, yeah. There you go, Pride of the X Men. Like that one, you might have seen those, but that was just because it's like, hey, who's your big colorful villains to use? And that was the team. But in comics, no, we've never seen that though, that four grouped together. So I, when I rewatched this, I rewatched it a couple days ago, and I was watching it with my wife, and there were so many times that we were like. Well, that doesn't make sense based on the other movies. 
and then we like when they're at the train station and Charles is trying to get into uh, Magneto's head but he can't because the helmet and he's like I can't read him it's like you know he has the helmet yeah 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 well it's funny because yeah later on we discover how that thing's built but yeah in the movie it's like that's clearly like oh for the audience this way you didn't know but yeah that should have been one of those things where it's like didn't they build it together it should be but and he stole it off of what's his face in first class in the movies yeah yeah he ends up stealing it off of sebastian Shaw. mm-hmm <clears throat> um yeah like and i even like too that it's funny that you're mentioning with them working together because even then it was like um i think xavier did reference in the movie he's like oh well eric helped me build this so it's like okay well you know you guys you both know about each other and your funky little headwear so why didn't you take it like why didn't you remember like oh that's right eric wears this helmet that blocks him out for me <laughs> <laughs> uh what was what did you think of this cast? Like looking back at it now, these are people that you will go on to see in different things. But at the time, I would say the only probably household name would have been Patrick Stewart. Now, Ian McKellen was a huge stage star already at this point, but I don't think he'd been in a lot of movies. I think he'd he'd been an apt pupil, and yeah. that's about it. Uh, which was another Brian Singer movie. Brian Singer wrote wrote or directed this one. Um, but yeah, he like we said earlier, Hugh Jackman wasn't in anything. I think um uh uh James Marsden had been in a few movies. Uh Falcon Jansen had recently before this was one of the femme fatales for uh James Bond Goldeneye. Uh yeah. uh Ray Park, we we knew his stunt work, but we did not know him as an actor. Uh Rebecca Marmain Stamos was like one of the larger names. Rebecca, yeah, and I think she'd only done uh, her modeling work at that point. I don't yeah. know if she had done too much acting at that point. Oh, and then Halle Berry. Then, Obviously, Halle Berry was definitely a household name by that point. She had been in a lot of movies in the 90s. And looking at the <clears throat> like looking at the cast itself, maybe it's because when I saw it, and this being like aside from the animated series, like not really having a point of reference for these characters, I think this is like the best cast that they could have pulled together for it. Hmm. Interesting. Like, and I, that might be my age showing. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but I really like this cast. Um, and for as much as I don't like Scott Bummers, like I, I like I like Scott Summers in this movie, uh, just because he's uh, he's just fun. He's the opposite of Wolverine that plays really well. Um, but just as a as a whole, I wouldn't do anything to change the cast. I would change some uh, some some wardrobe choices and some character design choices. But, you know, that's just not something I have control of. But Sabretooth's big-ass eyebrows don't need to be a thing. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's funny you mentioned the wardrobe. Um, 
I think I, I was looking back on some old stuff and I, I ran across an interview with James Marsden and, uh, they're talking about that moment when they get on Ellis Island and they hop over the, the little brick wall that's right there. Right. And it's funny because like he was talking about it and he's like, none of us could make it over the wall our costumes because the tight leather was so restrictive it didn't allow for anything so it's funny because it's like you know here's the go-to superhero suit and even then it's still like even well after 1989 batman and here we are 2000 it's still so cumbersome and just restricting and it's like it's hilarious to see that because he was like yeah they they basically had to keep like stacking apple boxes so they could finally do like a little limp over instead of like <laughs> oh i i tore the crotch out in my x suit here we go <laughs> and then it was also Halle berry who had who would you know complain that they had the the full eye eye contact colored eye contacts that they she had to wear like just kept irritating her eyes completely so they had to spend the cgi to make her eyes go completely white whenever she did her storm stuff. Um, but to think about that, like where we're at now when we have all these superhero movies and how they do, especially Marvel movies, they do as much uh, comic book accurate costumes as they can. And then we have big extravagant like fight scenes. So they have to be able to move around in them. Uh, just, just that aspect of super comic book movies and how far we've come. Uh, Chris, do you know that st- the story on on why we have black leather uh, X Men outfits in in this movie? Even with the joke that Scott Summers throws out there of "What would you rather us wear, yellow spandex?" Um, no. What, what's the story behind that? So, as I understand it, uh, the reason that we have uh, black leather outfits for our X Men is because of the movie The Matrix. Uh, it, wow! It, it did so well that the studio Fox was like, "Well, kids aren't going to want to watch a movie with people in in big, bright yellow costumes. They want black leather. So, thus, we get the black leather <laughs> uh, X Men, which then transitions into the comic books when we get new X Men by Grant Morrison. Correct? Yep. Yeah, we got those black and yellow jackets, the Bumblebee Squad. <laughs> <laughs> Who who is it that can't draw feet? I always forget. Oh, who? Rob Liefeld. Rob Liefeld. Okay, that's right. Okay, all right. It, I didn't yeah. want to talk. I didn't yep. want to talk like uneducated shit. <laughs> so, <laughs> I mean, if you look up his uh, his Captain America profile, he also can't draw chest. Apparently, oh my god, size chest. Um, so Magic Bollocks in the chat here. <clears throat> said that uh, Rogue's boyfriend went on to be Wesker in the Resident Evil movies. Oh, really? That's the same exit. The actor that that is that just passes out and, and almost dies. <laughs> okay. Yep. That was his big break, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that kid who fainted, I really like him. I think he can go places. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I feel like Wesker doesn't show up in those in Resident Evil movies for like a like the to like the third or fourth one, so it was a while before he got any recognition as an actor again. Uh, I don't know. It's just that's that's what Magic Bullets is saying. All right, that's fair. That's fair. I mean, if, it depends on who you trust, Mitch. Do you trust me or do you trust Magic Bullets? Like, I mean, I feel like I have to trust both of you at this point. 
I mean, because if you if you don't trust me relaying the information and he's wrong, then you're not wrong. Congratulations. <laughs> but if you trust me and he's wrong, then we both look like an ass. <laughs> <laughs> of the action set pieces in this one, what what are your favorites? Um, I liked the. I I liked the. The whole thing in the snow when you see Wolverine regenerate for the first time. Mm -hmm. When he gets like shot out of the truck because he doesn't want to wear his seatbelt. <laughs> Don't tell me how to drive. <laughs> Boom! Gets launched out of the truck. Um, I liked that. I thought it was good. Um, <clears throat> it, it felt very like hokey comic booky the way everybody kind of showed up at the same time. But yes. not in a not in a bad way, um, <clears throat> and the scene that always turns my stomach is when Senator Kelly squeezes through the bars. <laughs> <laughs> that is uh, a interesting scene. And do you think that he actually dies there when he turns the water? Like just as Magneto says, like, are you sure what you saw is what you saw? Like I always thought that too. I was like, well. He stretches at the, you know his first mutation is to stretch so that he can go through the the bars and then fall into the water. Then he he grows gills so that he can he can uh, swim you know live through the water. So maybe the turning into water was another like survival skill for whatever reason. Like is he uh, is he in the sewer somewhere like below the X mansion, just just kind of living his life as a puddle of water. He's the first Morlock now. <laughs> there you go. That that would have been a great introduction to the Morlocks. He's just down there living his best Solomon Grundy life. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's funny. I think I always considered him dead until like you and I talked about this movie in the past. Like you're the you're the only person who holds to that where it's like or at least that I've met that is like no, there's maybe potential that he didn't die. And it's like, <laughs> yeah. I always thought he did. I mean, he he squirted out. I mean, part of him's on Halle Berry, you know, on Storm. So it's like, yeah, no. And I mean, I feel sorry for the poor schmuck who had to go in there and clean it up. You know, like, all right, let's mop away the senator, you know. <laughs> sure, that's not the first time that's been said. <laughs> that's probably not. You're you're absolutely right. What about you, Chris? That, what's, what's your favorite action pieces from this movie? <clears throat> I guess, honestly, like... And I don't know if this considers action or not, but I was really surprised. Like when Cerebro happens, I thought that was a cool way to like show the mind going out there and all the different people and whatnot. So like, I thought that was a neat way to visualize uh, Cerebro on the screen. Um, I enjoyed the uh, the fight scene that happens in the gift shop all the way until Storm does the whole like, do you know what happens to frogs? Like. Everything was cool until that moment because, again, kind of like what you were what you were saying earlier, Ian, where it's like I felt uh, James Marsden and uh, Hugh Jackman had great play as Cyclops and Wolverine. Like it was fun. It was like, how do I know you're you? And you know, he gives him the middle claw, and it's like he just smirks, and it's like that was perfect. Like nothing was said. It was just two physical actions, but it got the right laugh. It it, it portrayed <laughs> the characters perfectly, and it was like so. I I really enjoyed that one. I thought that was great. Um, so those are two biggies that stick out for me. Uh, yeah, that was uh, what was one of, one of the ones that. Oh, was there any? Do you know of any uh, Easter eggs that were in that Cerebro scene? 
Oh gosh. I always I always wondered that. I don't think I ever went back and looked at. It. I know when we get to X two, when you uh, you see the scene where was it Lady Deathstrike is looking at the computer screen and there's a whole, you know a list of mutants names and stuff like that. I know uh, like Project oh, Wide Awake, Franklin Richards. Yeah, and, there's all kinds yeah. of stuff there. So I always wondered if there was uh, any Easter egg mutants inside that Cerebro scene. So uh, yeah, if you didn't know about it, then we'll, we'll just move on. Uh, <laughs> None, none that I caught. Then again, anytime that scene goes through, I don't pay too much attention, like to who's flying by. Um, yeah. But this time through, I really enjoyed the amount of like mutant cameos through the students, like mm. unnamed mutant cameos, because you have so many. Even though, even though Bobby was named, but you have like, you get Bobby, you get Pyro, you get. Uh, Jubilee is in there. Kitty Pride, um, uh, the kid who runs in the water, Ralph Boner. You got that guy. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think that it was always there? A teleporter there. too, like when they were playing yeah. basketball. Yeah, it's the basketball scene. Yeah. Do you think that was supposed to be like a hint at Nightcrawler, even though he's not blue? For us, it is. You know, for us that know that, you know, it's because you know, I mean. Out, uh, just missing Bamf in the smoke, you know, but it's like, yeah, how many other people do you see, you know, jumping around to that point to point like that? Mm. Unless they're just really fast. <laughs> Ralph Boner fast. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Magic Bollocks brought up the whole uh, the scene where Wolverine's having a nightmare and stabs Rogue. Mm-hmm. That was a cool scene. It's a great it was, scene. It, it was a great scene. Um, it wasn't how I was expecting that to go, and every time it gets me, where it's just like, "Oh, God, she got, she got, got like she did." Yeah. <laughs> so another, and, you know, oh, go ahead, Chris. I was gonna say, actually, that's true. That's a great showcasing of powers because it's like, you know, we see Wolverine, you know, bust out the claws and and, and just right through her. And so then she's just like, okay, you know, she does the her powers. So you see the the vein drain. And then, like, I like the fact that the camera goes back to where she was stabbed and you see the skin healing right up. And it was like, okay, that's cool. Like, yeah, that's for such a, a, a small little scene, though, there's a lot of power work going on there. I always, this is another one of my little, like, weird mind wandered during that scene. Every time I watch that scene, I always think, she has the weirdest, like, pajama clothes on like it has a weird like hole right in the middle of it and i don't know if that's supposed to be a hole that comes from his claws going through the back of her outfit or if it's like because you see it earlier too when she's just lying in bed there's like a weird hole in her shoulder like area so i'm like what kind how does that outfit look it it does it's just strange to me and every time i watch the movie i was like i want to know how that outfit actually looks No, you're you're right on that. Like, I feel like that was just costuming. It was like, hey, CGI says they can't go through this. Uh, any thoughts? Yeah, we'll just put a hole back there. That's cool because it is. It's such like a weird like, you know, mini sleep coat. But then there's this ginormous hole in the back, which is right in the area where she gets stabbed. So it's like, well, so yeah, I feel like it was just like, hey, uh, let's force costuming to make something to happen that we're gonna need. It doesn't feel like it was like actual design. Yeah. <laughs> So I think my favorite story point in this movie 
is how Mystique ends up at the school just to kind of like mean girls rogue into leaving. <laughs> she does. She totally does. Yeah. Like it's it's. Do you ever wonder does does Mystique have like a low level telepath ability as well as her shape shifting ability? Like, do you think that's how she knows how to copy someone's eye pattern? Like how she does, like how it has to scan her eye to get into Cerebro as she looks like uh, Xavier. No, I, I feel like that was just a forced plot point because during the fight scene when she mimics Wolverine's claws, uh-huh. should they be able to stab? And then even when he chops them off, you know, like shouldn't when she reform not have a couple of fingers um it's like she so should it's be one of those things a finger or she should be missing like uh, maybe an inch of height or something like yeah, yeah something should know. definitely be gone yeah so i feel like it's one of those things like it always takes me back to i feel that was the same problem um x-men the animated series had in the first episode or first yeah i think it's the first episode with morph so when they break into the compound at the end of the episode to start messing with the files and Morph turns into a guard, and he's able to take out a gun. And it's like, that part of your leg? Like, how did you, like, morph and create a weapon? Like, did you just thigh blast this dude? Like, what? How? And, you know, it's like these powers went a bit too far. And I mean, and I guess I shouldn't stretch it too. I mean, you know, we've seen the characters make clothes, so it's like, I guess it's not too far out of the realm, but it's one of those things where it's like, I guess my suspension, my disbelief can only suspend so far, but yeah, I just, I felt like those were little inaccuracies where it's like, all right, you know, she made an eye. Okay. But I don't know if it goes anything beyond that, but like they did give a, a, um, Mystique quite a bit of enhancement in the film just to progress the situations. <laughs> Especially with the whole thing in the Statue of Liberty where she's shifted into being a Statue of Liberty, like a little collectible one. Uh huh. <laughs> yeah. It's like, I didn't know she could do that. I thought it had to be, like, living things, like a person. No, it's like, yeah. it's, I, I've never seen her do a, an inanimate object either, so I guess since the Statue of Liberty is humanoid, she just has to stay completely still. still. Uh, the best infiltration move is then to just become a stapler. Do you think in the comic yeah. books, because she, you know, uh, historically... She wears that white dress outfit. Is it made from unstable mon- molecules and it changes form for her? Yeah, that'd be the that would be the smartest explanation of the situation because yeah, <laughs> it's the same thing because it's like what if she puts on a pair of jeans and she transforms into something, then how are the jeans transforming? You know, like they don't have that property. Uh, now maybe there's like a. Now, hey, Grant Morrison comes along, secondary mutation, here we go, you know, where it's like, okay, well, then if I touch things, they can morph, and then it's like, well, in that case, yeah, you know, go into battle with a tennis racket, and then it can turn into the gun on your hip, you know, I don't know, but uh, (laughs) stuff like that, where it's just, yeah, it goes a bit too far sometimes, but yeah, unstable molecules, best invention ever for a lot of explanation. (laughs) Hulk pants, unstable molecules. (laughs) So my favorite... Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Like right, right now, chat is kind of tearing into it a little bit. Rot for Rot Forty Eight said uh, bad continuity. That's just all they said. Um, and Magic Bollocks is like, hey, even the T One Thousand is more logically thought out than this. I mean, that's true. <laughs> that's that's fair. Uh, my favorite scenes 
are definitely um the the first fight scene the cage fight scene with uh wolverine like you hearing that metal hit sound mm. and him like just beating that guy and then the 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 aftermath of you know uh you should give me your money because you cheated since you have a, a power and stuff like that and in the cutting the gun in half I, I i that scene or consecutive scenes have always blows me away just the way that it's filmed the way it looks all of it uh then the fight scene between wolverine and, and Sabretooth on the on the top of the statue of liberty when he pulls that move of getting thrown off the statue of liberty and he cuts around the crown and you know uses the claws to kind of pull a u-turn i always think about the physics of that like how is it that just being so much on the edge of the crown ho- uh pointy thing uh, that it makes it so that he he keeps coming around instead of just going straight through. Like I don't know. It's just a it's just a thing that always gets me. <laughs> you know, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna have to double check with the online to see if we can find a to see if we can find a, an explanation for you on how that works. I think we should talk to uh, science guy Neil deGrasse Tyson to be like, well, how does the physics on that work? And he would go, it doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> well, one thing I've always loved about some of those, and I, I try to keep my eye out for it. So it was really interesting. I was watching an interview with Hugh Jackman, and he talks about his experiences with the real claws. And so, like, I guess, and I'd be curious to see if it made it into the final cut. So, like, scenes where he's getting thrown around and things like that, like in the Statue of Liberty, he didn't, like, so... Let's see how I can figure out how to say this. He didn't pack himself properly, so his lower bits were not in the harness correctly. So when he's getting maneuvered around, he's getting, you know, just like just pulled and, and squished the wrong way. So it's funny to look. Like, I want to see his facial expressions. Like, is he like, oh, God, you know, like, my boys, you know. And, <laughs> and then even there's another scene, too. I think it's um, the one once he frees himself from the statue and he pops the claws and and throws his arms out. He didn't realize these claws and they cut so well that he winds up chopping his leg. Oh, he really rips himself open. He's like, yeah, after we did a scene, I I, I went to my, to the trailer and I was taking off the costume and there's all this, like, it was all just sticky and whatnot. And he's like, oh man, it's blood. Like he cut himself open in one of his legs and like think the thigh area with those claws. So it's like, that's nuts. So it, it would be interesting to see, like, just kind of focus on his face from the Statue of Liberty forward. Like, okay. Where, where does the Hugh Jackman pain begin? <laughs> uh, okay. So chat can join in on this one and, or the next two, we got, uh, our two segments that we love to end the show with. What would you like to see in this movie that in the future MCU and what are the action figure game set or, uh, toy sets that you would want to see come from this movie? Now I'm sure Chris also being a expert on the on the toy front that we got a lot of toys uh, from mm-hmm. this movie. What didn't we get that you would love to have seen? What wait, what was that? What didn't we get? Correct. Or what did we get? We what did we? Yeah, what didn't get? we get? God. Um, well, let's see. This is this is the era of toy biz toys from Marvel. Uh, so they did a wave. They did a complete wave. Of all the X-Men characters, and of course we got two Wolverines, costume and wife beater. Um, 
They were so just, they were horrible figures. The uh, the articulation back then was just, just horrible. Uh, luckily, when X-Men 2 came along, uh, we got better articulation. Like, the figures were a, a lot better. Um, so, I mean, if, if we're talking about what came out for the movie in that time, I think they did it just right. You know, they had the tie-in comic book. Uh, they had a wave of action figures. And like I said, everybody got a figure. Yeah, like the, none of the characters got missed. I think... I can't remember. Maybe I like I forget, but I think Senator Kelly got a figure somehow. Uh, he either got a figure, or I think he was an like a gooey accessory to mimic his new <laughs> mutant ability. But like everybody got made into an action figure. Uh, I think MTV did a segment where they were like talking with all of them. It's like, oh, here's you and your toy. What do you guys think? You know? And of course, they're being kind. Like, oh, this is so great. It's like, no, these things are garbage. Like. Ugh, just just horrible. Like, there had been figures before that that were better. So I just don't know what happened there. Uh, that so was before that was before the era of like, like the the real good McFarlane toys or like the Play Arts Kai figures or anything that's just like super detailed <laughs> and like like good to go. But yeah. no, they were they were garbage. I had a couple and. They, yeah, they, no, they, they were, were like they were Happy Meal toys. Honestly, they <laughs> yeah. were like Happy Meal toys that sold. Um, <laughs> and it's interesting uh, going keeping on with the toys, if you don't mind. So Marvel Legends, so the premier Marvel toy line, mm-hmm. uh, f- featured by now Hasbro, they actually went back and revisited this movie. Um, we got a new Mystique, uh, um, an Ian McKellen, Magneto. Uh, uh, Xavier, uh, Patrick Stewart style. Uh, I think we got two Wolverines. I think they did the same thing again, wife beater and, and superhero costume. Sadly, that's it. Like I was hoping for more cause I was like, oh man, that'd be great if I could get like a, an apology Cyclops figure to, you know, like <laughs> help my inner child. That would have been fantastic. Um, but we didn't, uh, I know Funko as a, as a fun bit here, like they actually did a wave, uh, but it's more like the celebration. What I think, cause this movie's 30 years old, right? So they did a 30 year celebration, well, but it's all across the line. It'd be, it'd be 21 years old now. Yeah. Let's see. 2000. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, sorry. Then it was the 20th. There we go. The, it was a 20 year anniversary. This can legally drink. <laughs> yeah. uh, I, I mean, obviously the toy figure that they've missed in all these different waves of it is Stanley hot dog vendor on the beach. Like that's the, <laughs> yeah. the action figure that we should have gotten. Now I, I have to assume that this is the first, I know that he shows up in trial of the incredible Hulk that we, we watched uh, too, but like this would be the start of his two thousands, uh, chain of cameos like his his big chain of cameos for for marvel movies because like trial of the incredible wow that was a messed up sentence trial of the incredible hulk was the first one but this is the first one Because, uh, yeah, I mean, we, we go on to see him in, like, in right after this, I think we see him in, like, Daredevil and uh, mm-hmm. the other you know, X-Men movies, but uh, obviously... Everything until it got to the point where it was, like, characters he didn't create. So yeah. no Ghost Rider, no Stan Lee and Ghost Rider, sadly. <laughs> and then he, would, he didn't show up in the other X-Men movies. Like, after, like, first class, he, he, he started not showing up in those. That's not a bad thing. Like he might have done himself a favor. <laughs> I like first class. First class is probably my favorite one. 
It's definitely a step in the better direction. Like, I, I like the films. I just sometimes question calling them X Men. Um, uh, yeah, that's fair. That's fair. But uh, finally, actually, a big one for X Three. Um, we got Chris Claremont, so that kind of started an idea of saying, "Hey, let's let's get some of the other people in these movies." So that's definitely something to look forward to when we get to X Three. Ian, what, what's the toy figure that you wanted before you go to the chat there? Yeah, because chat has some good chat has some good answers here. All right, uh, <laughs> the toy I want, um, I want the Senator Kelly slime kit, where <laughs> yeah. it's just like it's like you just it, you just make it slime pretty much, but it's Senator Kelly. <laughs> <laughs> like what is it like? You could get those uh, stretch Armstrong, yeah. but it's just got Senator Kelly face on it. <laughs> it's just his face. Or it's, it's a, just a, a circle that stretches. It's the little container of Gak, but you put Senator mm-hmm. Kelly on the outside. Yep. Okay. What What's the chat got for that. us? Uh, chat says uh, we need Wolverine's camper, complete with crash damage and ejection Ooh, windshield. I would have loved that. Nice. Yep, that would have been good. And the other one is uh, the Toad Lightning Kit. <laughs> God, <laughs> because kids should play with electricity more. They should. They'd learn. <laughs> that makes okay, so, me think. What was it from Ren and Stimpy? Don't whiz on the electric fence. <laughs> yep. <laughs> what's the What's the thing that you'd like to see in this movie show up later on in the MCU? When once other than just the X Men in general, what would you like to oh. see? Well, that's no fun. Uh, I want to see a new saber tooth. Okay. I mean, we got a secondary one with Liv Shriver when we got Wolverine X or X Men Origins Wolverine. Uh, I always yeah, wanted like, to know the the reasoning behind uh, Liv Shriver's like very smart uh, saber tooth to Tyler Maine's very not smart saber tooth. <laughs> so I'm I'm gonna go one step further. I want another saber tooth, but I want it to be Triple H. Wow. I mean, oh. I feel like Triple H is a little bit long in the tooth, pun intended, uh, to be playing uh, Sabretooth <laughs> at this point, but I'm for it. I, 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 want, I want old guy, <laughs> I want old guy Triple H Sabretooth. Give it to me now, please. Um, you, you know, I read, I read Old Man Logan, and I don't remember if Sabretooth shows up in that at all. I don't think he did. I don't think he did. But mm. like, old, old guy Sabretooth played by Triple H. I, I think you'd be great. Um, yeah. I, I, that, that's all I got for that one. That, okay. That's what I want. Sabretooth. Marvel. What's old man Sabretooth? What about you, Chris? All right. So this was um, what's something I want to see in the MCU. I guess, honestly, you know, and I think we, we, we kind of talked a little bit this when we were watching, but like Gyrick, Henry Peter Gyrick is such a major character. Um, truth be told, I don't know if he starts in X-Men or if he starts in Avengers, but he's just been a massive douche to both teams. And I think that would be great. Like now that we're in the era of passing the torch for the MCU, it would almost be kind of fun to have like, all right, Gyrick steps in and he's the new, he's the new fury, you know, like he's the one, okay. Like Avengers, I'm in charge of you and, and X-Men, I'm, I'm going to be such a, a monster to you. You know, it's like, yeah, I'm all about heroes. And then next thing you know, he's working with Trask to build Sentinels, you know? So I would love to see his character, you know, really have that presence that he needed in the MCU because sadly in, in this, in, in X-Men, he was just 
you know, toss away name that comes up as a dead body later. You know, I thought that's who Martin Freeman's character was going to be when they said that he was going to be in uh, Black Panther. Black Panther. No, he was in Winter Soldier first. Uh, that's okay, yeah, I, yeah. That's who I thought he was going to be. It was, it was Gyrick, but because I didn't know the character that he ends up being. Uh, yes, deep cut. Um, we, I mean, we've already. This is this is the second time that we've seen this house in the in the watching of the of the Marvel movies. So we can't, I, I hope that they bring the house back for future <laughs> MCU movies. Um, I, I have one from chat here of, of something. I'm, I'm going to read you what they said, and you have to guess who said it. Okay. 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 They said, I need a helicopter player where Mystique beats up Senator Kelly with her feet again. Wait, what? <laughs> I mean that's that's got to be magic bollocks. I mean, hundred percent. That's magic bollocks. We're talking about a kink. <laughs> it's got to be magic bollocks. So, um, yeah, you know, I don't know exactly what it is that I would want uh, from this sp- specific movie to show up in the MCU. The 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 camaraderie, but also competition between. Um, Magneto and Xavier, I, I feel like that's the strongest thing that you should always bring back when you're talking about X-Men mm-hmm. uh, and, and Magneto, uh, which we got to see that throughout the rest of the, the X-Men franchise, I feel. So I don't know why they would change that up. But yeah, I, I, would, I would like to see more of that. The biggest thing that I, the biggest thing that we need out of the X-Men when and if they show up in the MCU um, we need their like original intent to stay intact as far as like the, uh, the social commentary that they are. Mm-hmm. Um, I know that a lot of people will probably get very upset about like, stop making my comic books. Pl-. They've always been political. Shut up. Especially, um, especially X-Men. And we're in a political climate in a social climate that bring the X-Men back would, I think, would hit in a big way for a lot of people because it's something that, I don't know what happened, but if you if you were on board at, with them at one point, maybe you grew up and you forgot about it. But hey, you need to remember because this they, they are important for, they're, they're important for all kinds of different groups of people. Yeah. Like, well, we were watching it and, and uh, <laughs> I said, wow, you can, you could put in like, any group of people. Well, I mean, and it, and it makes sense. I definitely would say, yeah, that, no, it's it's a very. Go ahead. Oh, uh, I, well, I was just gonna say, yeah. As the way I understood it is that you know when originally created, sixties or seventies, Chris. Sixties. Sixties. They were eighteen sixty three. Very much a uh, analog for race and and stuff like that. But mm-hmm. these movies that Brian Singer, no. No, 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 honestly that, um, so it's funny. A lot of people, you know, like, Oh, uh, you know, professor X and, and Magneto are Martin Luther King, Malcolm X. That honestly doesn't happen till Claremont. Okay. Stan Lee just made two dudes, you know, it's, Hmm. um, like, I mean, I, I, I embraced the X-Men, uh, very early on, but it was just, you know, the way it's always been said, it was just five white kids, you know, five typical, you know, situations and everything looked the same. And it really wasn't until giant size X-Men when Len Wein and, um, 
Dave Cochran come in and they're like, all right, let's do this international thing. Let's let's have more representation. And even then, too, when Marvel was looking at their international sales, it's like, wow, we're selling comic books over here. All right, let's start making heroes to represent those sales. Um, and then that's when it grew. And then that's when the ideology changed because it never was – you know, like it really was Xavier thinking like, well, hey, you know, we, we can we can survive together. And Magneto was just conquest. And then it didn't really start changing up uh, because even Magneto, like we didn't know about his history with the Holocaust. That wasn't a thing until way later. Uh, I think the biggest thing Stan Lee would have done was he was like, yeah, I just would have had Magneto and Xavier be brothers. But it it was just happenstance that that's what the narrative went to later. And just because of the time of publication. But no, I think by the time we really start seeing an actual history, you know, the civil rights movement, Stan Lee's not writing X-Men. You know, he's already like, that's the first book he kind of abandoned early. You know, it's like, hey, true believer. <laughs> uh, well, here's more Spider-Man. Let's just go that route, you know. And so, yeah, it doesn't really take that that strength until about the 70s. Mm-hmm. Well, I definitely say that the X-Men has n- now become more of a, representation of a ostracized repressed or oppressed sorry a group of people that trying to find a place in the world now my other question was that do you think if they bring xavier into the mcu will they be going back to this version of xavier or will we be going to the version that we see of xavier now in the comic books that's a little that's quite different of you know not the same type of character so you're talking the House of X version of him? Correct. I think I think it's smarter to go with the House of X version of him because he's more powerful and maybe you could say like, yeah, he hid the entire mutant race from humanity. Like mutants have always been there. He just decided to hide their actions. Um, or they've become kind of isolationist, which would be funny because that would kind of be taking the inhumans shtick which the Inhumans stole the X-Men shtick when they started, you know, with that whole campaign and all that stuff. Um, so I think it definitely, it ties in. It's a lot easier for the new fan to come into a comic book store and be like, oh, this is what Xavier looks like. You know, we've already, we've seen the other iteration, so why not play with the new one? And that way it's easier to market and, you know, cross-culminate with sales. Yeah. All right. Any last I mean, thoughts from the chat before we sign out? Uh, Magic Box just said, man, X-Men used to mean something. I mean, I feel like they still do. I, I, I feel really like they do. still do, but <laughs> I, I appreciate I appreciate the meme, the, the angle you were going with there. Um, no, last last couple things, anything that I need to say. The only thing I need to say is, Franny, thanks for being here. Yeah. This was a lot of fun. Oh, thank you. <laughs> yeah, this was fun. I, I, love, I love talking the hobby with people that are just as vested as I am. It's great. <laughs> Where can people and find I'm, you online, Chris? There we go. I was going to steal it from you. Sorry. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so if you want to find me online, definitely uh, one of the easiest places to chit-chat about stuff is on Twitter. So my handle is at stuff I should say, should being spelled S-H-U-D. So definitely, you know, come at me there. Let me know. Uh, let's talk comics and all that stuff. Uh, you can find some of my writings on geekleetmedia.com's web, or geekleetmedia.com, our website. Uh, and then, you know, imagine if, and that's where I'm at, basically. All right. Ian? All right. So <clears throat> if y'all are already here, you know, you already know. You know. Because <laughs> if you don't, how the hell did you find me? Are you a cop? Legally, you have to tell me. Um, but 
If you don't know, you can find me most days of the week over at twitch.tv slash ianflux. Uh, you can get at me on Twitter at ianflux12. Find me on Instagram at ianflux because branding is important. I literally cyberbullied somebody <laughs> into rebranding themselves across all the platforms. It was It's successful. Uh, <laughs> but come hang out that's i-a-n-f-l-u-x and on twitter i-a-n-f-l-u-x the numbers one and two but also you should definitely go take a look at some of the um some of the imagine if stuff because shameless plug i'm in a couple of those and it's a lot of fun so you should True. go by, go check it out. Uh, Chris and Franny put way more effort into that show than they possibly should, and it it shows. It's it's a good time. So go take a peek. Hey, Mitch, I hear that you're on the internet, and maybe also there's a Patreon. I am on the internet. You could find me on Twitter. I am, or you can find me on the online. There we go. <laughs> Twitter.com/slash/MitchipediaGEM. GEM stands for Geek Elite Media. The rest of Geek Elite Media is at Geek Elite Media on Twitter, at Geek Elite Media on Instagram, and Facebook.com forward slash Geek Elite Media is my Facebook, our Facebook page. Uh, please check out our website, geekelitemedia.com, for archived episodes of this podcast and other podcasts on our network. And our Patreon is patreon.com slash Geek Elite Media for exclusive material that you can only get if you're one of our patrons. And if you're listening to this as a podcast, please rate and review us on whatever podcatcher you use so that it helps spread the word of our network. But until next time, this is Journey into Mystery on the Geekly Media Network saying always remember to geek out. Geek out. <laughs> this concludes our broadcast.